0: What does it matter where my body happens to be? My mind goes on working all the same. Yeah, that's right. We started off with Through the Looking Glass. Welcome to Tessa Watches Lost, Monkey Off My Backlog's second weekly podcast where one of us reacts to a TV show that the other has forced us to watch. I'm your host, Sam, and with me is Tessa, the... Future Jack with a beard on his face to my Kate. Future Kate with makeup on her face.
1: Why am I always Jack or Sawyer? I don't know.
0: Maybe you're the main character. Why
1: are you always Kate?
0: (laughs) Making up for lost time here. This week we're talking about the lost season three finale through the looking glass.
1: To go with all of the other literary references that we've explored this season,
0: let's begin by talking about the moment where everything changes. The moment when we see a bearded Jack, not on the island, but well, probably not in Portland too, but back in California. (laughs) I don't know that I've ever been as emotionally affected by an episode of television as the first time I saw this episode. Before I get your take on that, I just wanted to say a couple more things about that. And Dean Darlton does not get all the credit for this being the most emotionally effective episode of television I've ever seen. We are two very different kinds of TV viewers, and I wanted to talk about that here at the beginning because I'm somebody who doesn't like to figure it out. It's, you know, I know I, I'm i pretty good at this stuff, but I don't need to do that. If somebody's entertaining me, I want to go along for their ride. And the thing about Lost is Lost is not an invitation to puzzle out what's happening. It's a ride. And I really enjoyed taking this ride up to a certain point. I think the point of comparison here is to M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan is somebody who is tricking you. You know he's tricking you and the game is to figure it out before he springs the trap on you. Classically, I hate the sixth sense. I hate it because in the first scene, this is a spoiler for a decades old movie. In the very first scene, Bruce Willis, his character dies. And that's what happens. And then in the next scene, people don't react to him because he's dead. I don't know what was so difficult about that. Somebody who hardly ever catches the twist early, I caught that from the very beginning and I was angry. I still am. Having said all that, I knew Jack was in. I knew we were seeing Future Jack the moment the first scene started. It was just obvious to me, for whatever reason it was. I know that for some people it was a huge twist. I know for some people, probably for most people, they figured it out over the course of the episode. But I felt really good about the fact that I called it, and it wasn't, you know, like smug that I got it before everybody else. It was adrenaline. I was on an adrenaline high for the entire two hours of this episode, which is probably why I thought it was such a good episode, because things start to pay off in this episode and you combine that with any level of excitement and, you know, good stuff, man. But I'm sure you had a different experience. I mean, I was sitting next to you, but I know you had a different experience and I want to talk to you about that. But one more preface. I want to say...
1: Is this another pre-question?
0: Uh, no, this is. You know what? This is this is where. What's, sil-
1: what's silly about that joke is that's a reference to something that won't come out by the time this episode airs. <laughs> oh, that's right.
0: That's not. That's not nice. Um, I was gonna tell everybody a little bit about you. That was. I want to preface Me? this. Yeah. The the Tessa of the the titular, if the, you will. The Tessa. titular
1: Tessa. Could
0: be worse. You could be the Durberville. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. When we're watching something and you get involved in it, a lot of times we talk because we're watching things. But sometimes you just get really in the zone watching something. And it is impossible to tell what you think about the thing that you're watching. You remember, so we watched the first episode of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the new season, and you went quiet because you were angry.
1: I was furious. Actually
0: angry. But,
1: Righteously furious too. So I tell you,
0: every time you get involved in an episode, you always look angry. This may be the first time you were actually angry.
1: Do I have resting episode face? You
0: do. <laughs> so, so overall, what did you think about the use of the flash forward?
1: Oh, this is awesome. Like I liked this when they did it on Arrow, which obviously Arrow, the last season of Arrow happened years after the end of Lost, so what Arrow's doing in its final season is clearly a callback to what's happening in Lost. But I I love it. I love. I probably figured it out. I I know exactly when I figured it out. And you it said was, you
0: figured it out before you said anything. Like you said something about maybe two thirds of the way through the episode.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't want to sound like I didn't know what I was talking about in case I ended up being wrong. You know how it (laughs) is. You know how it is. I figured it out when Jack got into the. When he was in the emergency room and the doctor says to him, oh, you're a hero twice over and. This episode does a really good job of trying to fool us into thinking this is a flashback because it brings in his ex-wife, right, who is still on his emergency paperwork. So it tries to convince us this is the past because we've only ever seen his ex-wife in the past. It also has him make a reference to his father, like his father's still alive, which he isn't. It has some other references that are supposed to make us think like this is happening in the past. And it's not till the end that we're supposed to realize that it is after the island that all these events are happening. But when the doctor said, you're a hero twice over, I was like, oh, he's talking about the island. Like he's talking about Jack finally got them all off the island. And when his wife, his ex-wife says, I'm still your emergency contact and she's pregnant – The whole interaction between them to me felt like she was handling someone who had been through a significant trauma. Also, Jack is not addicted to drugs before the island. Like, that, I, I, there is a world in which I could believe that Darlton would get into their, his addiction in a flashback. However, if that were true, it would make absolutely, none of his interactions with Charlie would make any sense. So, I knew, I just knew from that moment in the hospital that he, that this was a flash forward and that we were doing something after the island. And it it made me very excited, Uh, maybe not as excited as you, but I, I really did, like you said, they were running out of ways to use the flashbacks effectively. And I'm glad that they found another tool in their arsenal to be able to tell this story and to continue telling this story. The question I have is, are they all flash forwards now or is the island the flashback now like i'm very i'm very interested to know what the structure is going to be like going forward
0: so i i think that they want us to believe that this is the jack who's just returned from thailand and 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 this makes sense like
1: well, he's true well, traumatized
0: well dude Getting, like, beat up by multiple people and then kicked out of the country, which, first of all, he might have broken several bones, which is how he got on the narcotics to begin with. I'm not saying it's plausible. No. But I'm saying I think that's what they want you to believe.
1: The Jack we see in these flash forwards is not the Jack that crashed in that plane and took over the situation immediately. He is a broken person in a way that is not plausible for his character Pre the island, right? And
0: this goes, but this goes back to what I was saying before. What you do as somebody who's making this episode of television is you create a plausible narrative. You're actually telling the story you want to tell the whole time, but the misdirect has to be strong enough for somebody who doesn't know that a misdirect is happening or is not trying to find the misdirect. Mm -hmm. So the thing about it is, is This could plausibly be. There are enough facts in the episode to support a narrative that this is after Thailand. I think you're right. I think that it's easy to see that that's clearly not what it is. But if you're not looking for it...
1: Right. Right? Yeah. This is more
0: like like what happened in Shyamalan's second movie, Unbreakable. It's all there. But it's a little bit more...
1: See, what I was thinking actually was The Prestige by Christopher Nolan. That's a good, that's probably
0: a better example. Where they
1: actually tell you what the twist is at the beginning of the film, but uh, spoilers for The Prestige. Basically, the movie tells us it's twins. They are twins. (laughs) That is how he is doing this magic trick, the way that he is doing it. But then Hugh Jackman's rival magician character becomes so convinced that it can't be that. It can't possibly be that simple. And he takes you along for the ride because you're like, yeah, he's right. It can't possibly be that simple. But by the end of the movie, the whole twist is is that he somehow made a more complicated version of the trick than the original trick, which was just twins.
0: (laughs) Okay. So if the hospital scene is when you figured it out, though, what did you think was happening before that?
1: Oh, uh, you know, I, I had a really brief moment on the plane where I was like, this feels like it should be after the island because of the way he reacts to the turbulence.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. But
1: but then I thought, oh, no, this is just ironic. Like, this is just supposed to be like, oh, haha, ha, you're actually going to be in a plane crash like here in a few months or whatever. I, I don't know what I thought was happening. I just thought it was a Jack, another Jack flashback.
0: All right. So Jack is depressed. Addicted to Oxycontin. And very clearly suicidal. He hasn't taken being rescued well. And, in fact, he's using his Oceanic Airlines golden ticket every weekend in an attempt to get back to the island. Do you have any thoughts on what has happened? What happened in the time that we have not seen yet?
1: No, although... I'm sure stuff like traumatic events actually happen. I'm sure that that is the case. However, knowing Jack and knowing what I know about people in these situations, it does make sense that someone like Jack wouldn't react necessarily to integrating back into normal life very well. I mean, he is dealing with trauma just because he was the one who kept it together on the island doesn't mean that he didn't also go through a trauma as well. And now that he doesn't have to keep it together for everybody else, he sort of falls apart, right? He's having to deal with that trauma. Again, I know other stuff happens to contribute to where he is, but it would actually just make sense from a character perspective that someone like him would have difficulty not like when you're in a high stress situation for an extended period of time your brain adjusts to that and going back to like quote unquote normal life might not it may not work for him anymore it may not be something that he can like just go back to so that would make sense to me just based on that quick note before we move on though i would just like to point out that him flying and the fact that they got like this golden ticket apparently for life I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, they probably got a lot of a huge settlement, right, from the airline or whatever. And this was part of it. But I just want to say that my other favorite show that involves a plane crash, Meredith gray couldn't get on a plane again for like three seasons. Like, did she have a golden ticket and just didn't use it because of the trauma? Like... Like, everybody who was in that crash could not get on a plane for a long they, time. They
0: bought a hospital, Tessa. That's true. They bought a they, hospital. They did
1: buy a hospital. I forgot about that.
0: And, and I mean, a lot of things has happened. Uh, Kate is apparently not a fugitive anymore. We'll get to her. I'm very
1: curious we'll, about that. We'll get to that in a
0: minute. The inciting incident for the episode is not about Kate, though. It's about somebody who's dead, which is another misdirect, right? It's supposed to be some sort of Like, who in Jack's life has died, who we know from the the flashbacks. Right. But I don't think it's a spoiler to say, and I mean, I know who it is. But I don't think it's a spoiler to say that this is somebody we know. Yeah. And we know a lot of people, though. So do you have, it's obviously not Kate. Who is it? Any guesses?
1: So... I have a couple thoughts, but I don't really want to commit to anybody because I legit don't know. Like I've been thinking about it since we watched it. I have some ideas because it's someone whose death upsets Jack, obviously, because he starts crying when Uh, he reads the obituary. How many names
0: are you thinking about? Three. Let's hear.
1: Okay, well, hold on. I want to explain. Explain it. I want to explain. I want to explain my thought process, and I'll give you the three names. So, somebody whose death upsets Jack right? Because he starts crying when he reads the obituary and that sort of prompts his suicide attempt or suicidal ideation or whatever we want to call it. He goes to the funeral and nobody is there. Like nobody has come to the funeral. It is closed casket. The The director says that he was the only person who showed up. So it's somebody who is not perhaps well liked amongst the other losties. And he's surprised by this though. Like he's surprised that nobody showed up thirdly when he tells Kate about it at the end of the episode she says why would I go so it's obviously someone that she's either angry with or just doesn't have like any emotional investment in here are my thoughts John Locke Ben Juliet I hope it's not Juliet just for the record very
0: interesting like I think that My first, I'm not going to say whether one of those guesses is right or not, but that one of your guesses was one, was my guess. Okay.
1: I I have one more, but it's an outside chance. It's like, I really don't think this is it because I think it would be a bad decision to do this. Yeah. Sawyer. Right. The only reason I say that is because it could be a misdirect at the end. Like, why would I go to, to his funeral? Because she's like angry at him because he did something horrible or something.
0: So that, that leads me into the next question. It's actually two questions together. Who is waiting for Kate? She says, I have to go. He's waiting. Yeah. So is that Sawyer or is it somebody else? And why doesn't she want to go back to the island? Jack really wants to go back. Mm-hmm. Why does he want to go back? Why does she not want to go back? Who's waiting for her? Do you have any ideas about this?
1: Yeah, so we're supposed to think that the he is Sawyer in this situation. And like the odds are it probably is Sawyer. Like, I'm not... That, that doesn't seem... Like, I'd be surprised if it was someone else. I mean, not unpleasantly surprised. I would just be surprised. It's Walt. It's Walt.
0: <laughs> Who shows up in this episode, but we'll oh, get to him. Oh,
1: my God. Maybe it's Michael in the casket.
0: Oh. That
1: would be... Ooh, ooh! Because I could see why people would be mad at him. Yeah, yeah. They oh, okay. All right. That's, oh, that's interesting. Good. That's a good one. That's a good guess. That's a
0: good one. It's a good thing you don't have to wait like months. I know. Like, we can literally start watching it right after we record this. Isn't that I, nice for you? Aisha
1: God. Uh. Yeah. Jeez. So anyway, I'm just thinking I've been thinking about that a lot, anyway. So that could be the case. I'm more interested in why she's not a fugitive. Like she has to meet Jack in secret, apparently, and I'm not sure why. And at first, I thought it's because she's a fugitive. Like, it's because he, she doesn't want people tracking her through him. But no, she's like, well settled and like has makeup on her face. Not that you can't have makeup on your face as a fugitive. That's a weird thing to it, say. You
0: can't. It's actually, like she, it's well known. Yeah. But she World got, she got
1: a golden ticket just like everybody right. else. Like she's not in prison. Like I, it's, I am very interested to know. Was she like, was time served on the Island? Right. Like and what's well, the,
0: well, I mean, and, and it's, it's a calculus, right? Like, yeah. okay. So like being stranded, you know, being in a plane crash, Being stranded on an island for 90-ish days apparently will exonerate you, like, in some sort of time-served basis for murder twice over, uh, let's see, um, the whole fleeing thing, being a fugitive, I mean, like, crossing international, like, Australia's fine with it. I mean, like, I don't know, man, like what the, would have 120 days have gotten her?
1: The marshal did die. And I'm not saying that that's like a way to get you exonerated, but I, I am curious if like maybe he was like the only person who really cared about it at the department. And so without him, like nobody was willing to prosecute.
0: Do you think do you think um Saeed, for example, do you think if if he, they wanted to bring him to justice, quote unquote, justice? As a former Republican Guard torturer, do you think he would have been forgiven? Do you think that Sawyer, I mean Sawyer, arguably has committed lesser crimes, but do you think they're like if if Kate's been forgiven for what she did, right? Is everybody else fine?
1: Well, Sawyer has served his time. I don't for, think
0: for that right. thing.
1: Yeah, but remember, in Australia, when they he did... murdered
0: somebody. Yeah, he but murdered they murdered
1: Anthony Cooper. But nobody knows. Well, yeah, but nobody but Locke knows about that, and maybe okay. Rousseau. Um, right, but fine. Rousseau wasn't going to leave the island, remember? So yeah. we don't know where she is. I going back to Jack again. I know that there's going to be more information. Like it, it, it would be premature of me to just say this goes back to his character. Obviously, stuff is going to happen that makes Jack think that the, he has to go back to the island. I think he's catching whatever Locke has, like because Locke I got island fever. Because at the end of the Jacobitis.
0: episode,
1: at the end of the episode, Locke says you're not supposed Lelitis to do this.
0: Because
1: at the end of the episode, John, <laughs> you see, you're making me forget names. At the end of the episode, John tells Jack. You're not supposed to do this. Like, it's not supposed to happen this way. Like, we're supposed to be here. And then he walks off. So presumably, John has not been rescued either. Like, Rousseau, so he stays on the island, presumably. So I think that there's a couple of different threads that could be the case here. One, Jack is suffering from what I talked about before in terms of he's going through a lot of trauma. He can't handle normal life anymore. And that could still be part of it, even if there's other stuff going on, Right. The other side of this is, what if he came home and he's noticing things are wrong? Like, you know, like in a horror movie where like somebody comes home and like just stuff is just like not right. You know what I mean? Like it, there's actually a thing for it. Like you start like Invasion of the Body Snatchers kind of horror where you're like, this is not the person that I knew, you know, like that could be one way of interpreting it. Like he comes back, stuff isn't right. Right. And so he feels like perhaps when they came back, something changed, or something changed them. I don't know. I'm I'm spitballing here. I'm sure again the next few episodes will make it much more clear
0: <laughs> Maybe. why
1: he wants to come back to the island. Or
0: they'll just spread it out over the seasons. Either
1: Kate is Kate is not interested. It's interesting though to note that she seems happier than Jack, which is a complete reversal of their roles before the island. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen anybody else. It's just the two of them that we see in this flash forward. I mean, I think he mentions the others. Like, have you talked to any of the others or whatever? But he, so obviously they're not even in contact, right? Does Jack do something so terrible that Sawyer, like, won't let Kate see him? Is that why they have to, like, meet in secret? And how bad does it have to be where Sawyer is offended? (laughs) I, I, I am genuinely curious about this conversation they have at the end.
0: To me, that's a question that I wanted to ask you because your opinion of Jack has changed over the course of this season. This is clearly a very tragic reading of this character. So
1: I think it's a good one, though.
0: Well, but... So the thing I wanted to ask you about today is does this change your opinion of him? I'm not asking if it rehabs his character to you at all, but do you still feel the same way you did prior to watching this episode?
1: No, but not for any of the reasons that we've talked about in the flash forward.
0: So the stuff on the island? Yeah. Okay, we'll get to that.
1: This flash forward just made me have more questions, which is good. That's good for this show. Like, I was worried with all the other flashbacks that didn't really do anything this season. There were good flashbacks, there were bad flashbacks, but there was a lot that didn't do anything this season. This flashback made me excited to watch the... Right. Future episodes. And and just
0: remember, from this point forward, they have negotiated the number of episodes. Right. They have a plan, supposedly. Yes. And unlike the first two seasons, all the episodes will be shown without interruption. And unlike this season, no pod. Seasons four, five, and six are like season three without the pod.
1: All right. Okay. I'm into it.
0: uh, So the last thing I want to say before we go back to the island (laughs) is the thing that got me... About the episode. Like, I was already on board with what they were doing. I was really excited about it. Uh, there is a... I'm not going to call it a needle drop. I'm going to call it what we used to call it, which is a music cue. When Jack is driving around in his Jeep, there's a there's a music cue. It is... It's, it's the song Scentless Apprentice by Nirvana. And... I mean, like that hit me right away for a couple of reasons because it tells me a lot about Jack and what they want us to think about Jack. We know from the Lost Book Club that they are very big on inserting book titles that have deeper meanings. I mean, the, the title of the episode's Through the Looking Glass. Um, but I think this musical cue does more than any of those book titles have done. So Scentless Apprentice, it's, is uh, Kirk Cobain's take on a novel called Perfume. And, and we're just going to leave that where it lays. I want to talk about the biggest, I want to talk for me about the the bigger thing that it signifies. There's a line in the song, you can't fire me because I quit. <laughs> and so Dave Grohl, years after Kirk Cobain died, he said, if there's one line in any song that gives me the chills, it's that one. Maybe all those things that people wrote about him painted him into a corner that he couldn't get out of. That's what's happened to Jack.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: why when the other doctor asked him, what were you doing on the bridge? That was it. And, and many people argue, uh, you know, Rob Sheffield uh, wrote about how In Utero is a breakup album, which uh, a marriage, like a divorce album, which it very much is. I really like his reading of it. But it also serves many people have posited as a suicide note. You know, the album starts with the line, Teenage angst has paid off well, but now I'm old and bored. We go straight into You Can't Fire Me Because I Quit. Uh, The song Francis Farmer Will Have a Revenge, he says, um, I miss the comfort in being sad. Uh, Later on on the album, there's a line, If you need any help, please don't hesitate and ask someone else first. Followed by a song that is actually about suicide. You get Penny Royalty, which is about abortion, which may just be a metaphor for wanting to abort yourself, i.e. commit suicide. The album ends with all apologies. This is the album that Jack is spinning in his car on his CD player.
1: Because we had those. This is
0: what he's thinking about while he's driving around. And I mean, like, I know this is true. it He is not the only person, real or fictional, who's done this very thing. So... You know, I, I was like, oh, I, I understand this. I get what's happening here. And so it's like, what has gone so wrong? Because this episode, of course, ends with, yay, we're being rescued. Hooray. We got here. This is not good.
1: Yeah, the end of this, on the the island part of this feels like the end of something like Lifeboat, which we watched recently. Like, it's the end of the movie, right? Yeah. You get rescued and that's the end of the movie.
0: right. That's typically the way it is, Yeah,
1: the the end of this season, the flash forward is what takes us into the next season. But the end of the story on the island feels like the end of the series. Like it feels like a finale.
0: and, And I told you, I said that in some ways, this is very much the end of a series. In some ways, the back half of Lost, the second half of the show, is a different show. And... I say that as somebody who's deeply disappointed by what happens toward the end of the show. You know, it was like the promise of these first three seasons I don't think is fulfilled. Now, there's some really good things that happen in the next couple of seasons before we get to the end game.
1: I am just impressed, no matter what happens with this show, I am just impressed that I, I really like it when shows take risks like this i like it when they change genre and i like the idea of not just doing the same thing over and over and over again right like what they had was good and they built on it but now it's time to move into something else and i'm happy that that's what they're doing whether or not you know good or bad things happen like you said i hope mostly good things but
0: so let's now go to where jack can't the island
1: Back to the island. All right,
0: we have to go back, and so we will. So first, of course, Saeed's plan goes wrong. Like that was ever gonna work. <laughs> and <laughs> and Bernard, Saeed, and Jen are captured. Kate wants to go back to rescue them. Jack gets angry and forbids it. Sawyer decides to go instead, and this leads us to a Sawyer and checks notes Juliet. Side mission.
1: Team up. Team up. I'd like to really quickly note that it was not Bernard's fault that the mission went askew. It was Jin's fault. Askew. I mean, like, but it was setting us up to think that Bernard was going to mess it up, right? Because, right? Like,
0: because it's Bernard.
1: Well, because Jin and Saeed have the most experience, even though. What
0: experience uh, does Jin have? And I know what you're thinking. He was he a he mob was
1: a, enforcer.
0: He used his hands for that.
1: Whatever. Anyway, what he should
0: have said was he was in the military.
1: Oh, he was also yeah that that was the that we were reminded of that this episode yeah I forget right. about that but yeah no Bernard hit his shot he he, yeah, he uh, did he
0: was not gonna miss his shot, shot.
1: <laughs> but yeah things go wrong they're captured I was very worried about them actually I really wasn't sure where they were gonna go with that one so but they managed to take quite a few of the others down with them
0: right and so we'll we'll come back to them but meanwhile Ben. Ben might be losing control.
1: Hard (laughs) to know
0: for sure with what's going on behind those bug eyes, but...
1: He's so angry. uh, So
0: so, Tom, Richard, Mikhail, Alex, Jacob, question mark, all seem to be pretty angry with him.
1: It's hard to be Ben. It's hard to be the man in charge. It
0: is hard. Heavy is the head (laughs) that wears the crown.
1: Uh, So I I didn't mention this last time or a couple times ago. I'm not completely sure when this came up in in the series, but I remembered it the other day. Another literary reference that we haven't really talked about. I mean, we talked about it when he introduced himself as Henry Gale in the second season. But John Locke actually does tell him at one point, like... You're the wizard, like you're the man behind the curtain. And I feel like the curtain has not only been drawn back, but everyone is real mad at that dude. (laughs) Like,
0: Yeah, it's going to be a fun experience. Which impacts
1: his ability to communicate, which we're going to talk about here in a bit. But yeah, he's uh, very angry to the point where he like, he knows that Alex has betrayed him and like rage drags her to Rousseau. Like, a basically abandons his child in this yeah. episode. Well,
0: are we going to do curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal, or I have abandoned my child? Which one? Pick a lane,
1: Abandoned my child. Okay.
0: So, Locke's mad at Ben, too. What with the whole being thrown into a pit. And But speaking of Locke, is that Walt? Yeah. Who is definitely not way taller than he was last time we saw him. He tells Locke.
1: The the camera angle's doing a lot of work in this scene.
0: Well, I mean, of course, the, the inherent question here is, is that really Walt, or is it something else? And if so, what? But the real question I want to ask you is, he tells Locke that he still has work to do. What work would that be?
1: Well, we don't know, is the thing. The episode doesn't resolve this. Locke pulls himself out of the pit, magically healed, because the island does this, right? And that
0: should answer that question. Right. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is something to do with the island. The island needs him for something. But the only thing he seems to do in this episode is to try to stop Jack from getting everyone rescued.
0: So if the island needs Locke, does it not need Ben anymore? Because Ben seemed to think that Jacob, the island, karma, the I don't know, whatever, needs one and only one person. And so Ben's fear is, and that's why he gets pushed into the pit, right? Is that if Locke is the preferred one, there can be only one. And so it's not Ben.
1: See, I think, oh man, I can't say this without spoiling a book that you haven't read that I know you want to read. It's a situation where the island connected with Ben in this way. Because it wanted Ben to do something or be something for the island. Boy meets island. Right. Ben sees it as a way to seize power because Ben is inherently a cult leader type. Right. Whatever you want to call that. I try try not to diagnose people that I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But he has a very cult leader mentality. He wants this power. He wants to be the special one, the only one. Right. We've talked about this before. So I think that he has a chokehold on whatever this island is by right. making himself the only communicator. He's he he is he's not doing the thing that the island wants him to do. And that's why Jacob, whether real Jacob or the island or whatever, says help me to Locke. I think right. that's real. I think okay. that's real. And that's why I think the island is talking to Locke now. The question is, is it also talking to Jack? Because is that what the flash forward is telling us? Because, yeah, Locke, basically, his whole thing is that he shows up at the end and tries to stop them from leaving the island. And he even threatens to shoot Jack, but can't do it.
0: So this leads us to the Jack and Ben standoff. ah. Ben orders the death of Saeed, Jin, and Bernard. Jack beats Ben to a pulp. Super, super pulpy. If this episode reasserts Jack as a leader, so this episode reasserts Jack as a leader, right? He was the clear leader from the first couple of seasons. As soon as he he doesn't have to be a leader for a very short period of time, and it seems to be a relief, which is contrasted by the fact that he does not know what to do with himself in the flash forward. This is the time where he really seems to reassert himself as a leader and just accepts it, which is how we get to the flash forward. So knowing that, knowing that Jack is somebody who is a leader and is now lost without that role, how's he doing?
1: So uh, it's interesting because this entire season, I've been talking about how there are a couple of, like, there's dissent in the group, right? And the the most obvious example of that is Locke, who goes off on his own because Locke doesn't care about the Losties. But I've also talked about how Saeed is, like, making some plays for leadership here. And then we also have the whole thing with Sawyer, Tate stepping up while Jack and Saeed are gone. Saeed recognizes Jack as the leader in this episode very specifically because Jack is going to stay. And he says, no, you have to go. And when you go, don't look back. Like, don't come back for us. You keep going. It does not matter what happens. Like, I don't mind dying, but I want my death to mean something. And when Jack asks him why, he says, it's because they need you. So Saeed is very specifically acknowledging Jack as the leader here. And despite their disagreements, despite their, you know, difference in methods and so on, I think Jack really shines in this episode as someone who takes Saeed at their word, right? Because he is willing to let them die in order to, to buy the other's time, even though it obviously hurts him greatly.
0: And it's really interesting, as you're saying this, it's occurring to me something I had not thought about before, is that, you know, he makes this sacrifice for Kate earlier, right? Because he wasn't a leader when he was captured, when he was getting to know Juliet, when he bargained his way off the island. He was just being a person again. And then... You know, we know he's a leader when he's willing to sacrifice for Kate and Saeed. Kate is a woman he loves, who he makes a real sacrifice for. And then, and then, on top of that, when Juliet insists to go back and face danger, he actually just lets her do what she wants to do. Contrast this with his wife. With the woman in Thailand, he's actually. It seems that he's actually learned, right, what it means to not always have your way, to make a sacrifice, to let other people have agency. I, I mean, it's not perfect, obviously. He's learned
1: how to lead without controlling, right. Which is the opposite of Ben, who has to control everything. Yes. Yeah, and I really liked, because one of the big implications this season, ever since the end of the pod, is that the reason he lets Kate go, or he tells Kate not to come back, right? And he makes that sacrifice, is because he saw that she was with Sawyer. And so Juliet says, oh, it's because he saw you together. You know, like, there's all of these implications. Even Ben assumes that that's why he lets her go. But when Kate asks him, he says no, I did it because I love you. Like, he actually says Aww. it in this episode, right? And so clearly Kate is also very conflicted about her feelings for Jack at the end of this episode as well, so. Right. Right, and then we get a lot of snark between Juliet and <laughs>
0: yeah, Sawyer, even
1: though Juliet kisses Jack before she goes back. Right. So this we do get all, a little bit more of the love quadrangle, yeah. whatever we're gonna call it's, it. it.
0: It's mostly resolved, to be perfectly honest, right? Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's because Sawyer can't ever let anything go, right? right? So um before we talk about being in love in some very heart-rending ways we have to talk about one bright spot in this episode Hurley to the rescue Hurley saves the he day did it!
1: Oh my god so one of the things that really disturbed me at the end of the last episode and this episode is how that phobic everyone is suddenly about Hurley. And I know it's because they're trying to protect him because they're trying to be like, like Charlie says, no, you can't come with us because you're too big and you can't fit into the boat. And I know it's because Charlie knows he's going to die and like he doesn't want right. Hurley there. And then like he volunteers to go with Sawyer. and Sawyer, then Sawyer and Juliet. Juliet. And then they and then Sawyer says all these fat phobic things for him to try to protect him. I don't like it. I am sorry. I don't like it. I understand that they're trying to protect him, but... Those are just some really terrible things to say to him. And you know I don't like the way this show talks about Hurley's weight. Right.
0: And I mean they're saying, you know, that of course, we, you say the meanest thing possible because it's you want okay. him to stop trying. No, it's not okay. Because not only as you said it's fatphobic, it's infantilization. Why don't yeah. you just explain yourself like yeah. a normal human being? Actually, a normal human being would do the fatphobic thing. Like a decent human being.
1: I hate this trope anyway. This idea of saying something mean to someone in order to protect them. I think it's like you said, it's infantilizing and it's also really harmful. Like, because if you can imagine the thing that would hurt that person the most and you say it, it means that on some level you either think it's true or you think a version of it is true. I, I just, I don't like it. And I really don't like the way that it's linked with Hurley's weight here Plus, who says that somebody who is fat can't be of use? Clearly it works because Hurley saves all of them. He drives the bug right into the middle of the dudes. Plus. Sorry. He drives the bus right into the middle of the dudes and saves Sawyer, Saeed, Bernard, Jin, and Juliet. Like a mother effing hero.
0: A mother effing hero.
1: So here's the thing that I think about Ben and the others in this episode. So Ben tells Jack, this woman who was parachuted in is not who she says she is. Like this boat is going to ruin everything. The island is under attack. You can't contact them. Like we can work things out. You just can't contact them. Right. And Jack's response to that is, I don't believe you. Right. Right,
0: and he's not the only one.
1: Right. He's not the only one because there are several moments like this that I thought about this in the episode where and and then even after Hurley calls Jack and says they're still alive. They're all still alive. Ben's like, "Okay, I lied about that, but I'm not lying about this." <laughs> ben and the others have become the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Because they have lied and and this episode really brought this home for me. They have lied so many times and done so many terrible things to the others that it's impossible for the Losties to be able to trust them or even accept that anything they say might be true at all. Because, and this is was really brought home to me by the scene in which Tom surrenders to Sawyer and Sawyer kills him, and... I think it's Hurley who says he surrendered. He said he was, it was over. And Sawyer just says, I didn't believe him. Yep. And to me that you did it to yourself. Right. You did it to yourself. You can't treat people that way and then expect them to treat you back with any modicum of trust. Right. Like to me, this episode was really a comeuppance for the others (laughs) in terms of you, you, you effed around and you found out, right. You can't, You cannot continually lie to someone and then expect them to team up with you or believe you in any sort of meaningful way. And that was very, I don't know why that was such a satisfying way of this playing out for me, but it was.
0: So I'm really glad that you mentioned that in the context of what we're about to talk about with the Looking Glass Station. Charlie has been, of course, immediately captured.
1: Oh, just immediately.
0: Immediately captured by Bonnie and Greta, two people. That Ben has been lying to. Two of his own people that Ben has been lying to. Oh, he's to. lied to
1: everybody. Right.
0: Desmond wakes up and immediately swims to the moon pool. But we have a new guest. where it's not just the four of them. Mikhail. A now disaffected Mikhail, because he's also tired of being lied to. So, joins them. And this little underwater drama, human drama, is set against the blinking yellow light that portends charlie's doom with the lever i got to say except for the fact that it had to be charlie because he's the only one that could play good vibrations on a on a number pad that was cool i thought and this is this is like the only example in pop culture that i can cite but I really felt this watching the episode again. This is the only time I've ever seen something pay off so much with so much anticlimactic stuff. Like none of this does anything for me. It's like, I don't care. Get to the, oh, it still means a lot.
1: No, I loved everything about this. Yeah, no, I loved it because again, it, it really emphasized to me that Ben's, Ben's leadership doesn't work because he controls and he wants it to all be about him. And he does this through lies. He does it through manipulation. And that ultimately cannot be sustained in the face of an outside force that you've mistreated, right? Jack, on the other hand, treats his people like human beings. And that's why ultimately he is a better leader. But no, I loved I loved the looking glass stuff because the it emphasized that to me. Mikhail is like a uh, Mike Myers Jason Wild from card. Jason from Friday the Thirteenth level. Like you cannot kill this dude. He's
0: Jaws. He dies at he's least. Jaws yeah, he's Jaws.
1: Out. He dies, including
0: the part where he's outside. Yeah, with the grenade. grenade.
1: Oh, my God. That was Bond. That was Roger Moore Bond level shenanigans. Yeah. So there's that. Also, fun note. I can't remember the actress's name, but one of the two women in the looking, Lana Perilla. Yeah. Lana Perilla is from. Uh, she's from Once Upon a Time. Emily
0: de Ravine's future show.
1: Yeah. Emily de Ravine's future show. So it was kind of nice to see a Once Upon a Time. I mean, they don't actually see meet each other in the in Lost, but it was just kind of fun to make that connection. So I'm glad yeah, she Island was getting work. The Island is in
0: story, story Storybrooke. Yeah,
1: Storybrook. Yeah, <laughs> Storybrooke. yeah oh, but like- about a
0: show that just went right off the, just all the way off the rails.
1: So we talked last episode about how devastating and yet like well-written Charlie's death is. So I don't necessarily want to get into all of that again, but the stuff with Charlie being tied up and like basically tortured and beaten, Don- Dominic Monaghan- Does I hate to say this because I'm going to always know him as Mary from Lord of the Rings because that's like his big role. And that's obviously something that was important to my childhood. But he is a better actor than I thought that he was because of this. Like this, he he
0: truly is everybody.
1: (laughs) He does such a good job of conveying this because he's not Saeed, right? He's not a military person, but he holds up under this because. One, he's telling the truth, right? And the truth is he's there to die and to to turn off the station, right? But he also just has this acceptance, right? Like the torture doesn't mean anything to him because he's just accepted his fate. And I just think that that he just he does so well with this. And then like Desmond trying to save him and the comedy of errors that leads to, you know, all of them supposedly dying, except for Desmond and Charlie. Like, all of that, it, it works for me. It, it just did. It, and it felt like, again, like you said, more Bond-like than, than any other part of the show. It felt like Spies. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, Desmond. Uh, Desmond uh,
1: tried so hard to save Charlie yet again, even though he, he was the one who told Charlie that he had to die this time, right. but he still tried to save him.
0: Desmond's a good guy. Just before Mikhail sets off his grenade, oh, God. Charlie sees Penny's face on the screen. And this is great, because she has no idea who he is. But he's like, you're the girl from the, you're dead. She's right over, right over there. And she's like, oh, you're, oh, this is such a great scene, right? And then Jaws swims up with the grenade. (laughs)
1: I loved Charlie in this moment. First of all, the good vibrations where he's humming it and like tapping yeah. it out is so great. But yeah, like he's like, you're Penny. And she's like, who are you? And he's like, Desmond's right over there. And then it's also really sad, not only because this is obviously leading to Charlie's death, but it's also sad that Desmond and Penny don't actually get to see each other, so, even on the screen.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Charlie sees her face on the screen and, you know, it's like, "What? where's your boat? Where's your boat? And Penny's like, I don't have a boat.
1: So Ben might have been right. And then May all have the, and
0: and back to Arrow. We hear the Adrian Chase music yeah, here, the... right? Yeah. <laughs> oh anyway. God,
1: I'm so glad they didn't bring that into Peacemaker.
0: Oh, I would have loved it. Um, so Penny provides. Penny provides the second big reveal of the episode. If the first big reveal is the flash forward, the second big reveal is that she didn't send Naomi. Right. Who did? Who knows? We don't. What I do know is that this moment is the moment from the series. This is the image. This is the thing that everybody remembers. Whether you think the end of the show is good or bad, everybody remembers this. You aren't, this is the android test, Tessa. You're (laughs) not a human, if you are not emotionally affected by not Penny's boat
1: not Penny's boat yeah, the, the presence of mind that Charlie has in this moment while he's dying and he knows he's going to die to write not Penny's boat on his hand and tell Desmond is just he loves it's Desmond
0: being selfless
1: he loves Claire, he loves the baby like he wants everyone to survive and he's willing to make the sacrifice and it does feel like. It feels so good in terms of this character getting to the point where he's willing to sacrifice himself for all these people that he loves. But it also feels very tragic because Desmond told him that the only way that these people get off the island is if he dies, which is all Desmond knows at that point. But from the flash forward, it seems that maybe getting off the island that way was not the best thing for everyone. And so it does feel a little tragic that perhaps he sacrificed himself for something that wasn't as hopeful as the end of this episode would make us believe.
0: Right. And I mean, but on the other hand, there have been a lot of bad deaths.
1: No, no it's and not a bad death at all. Yeah, this one's no, a good one. I, th- I think it's a great death. And I think that it says a lot about the character. And I was very emotionally affected. But it is, it does have that sense of tragedy and that sense of like, yeah. like maybe... Maybe if he had lived, you know, maybe they would have been still on the island. Right. But maybe whatever happened to them well, wouldn't have happened. Yeah,
0: and then in a in a really big, you know, twist of irony, right? We know Naomi is some sort of imposter. Yes. We don't know who she is, but we immediately don't think she's the good guy. But when Charlie accomplishes the mission, she looks over to Claire and says, your boyfriend just did the, just, you know. Mm-hmm. saved your life, got you out the whatever. Um which is, you know, of course ironic. But so yeah, I mean this episode between Jack and Charlie does some really good things, but it also sets us up for something in the future because the episode ends and of course we've already seen what Jack has gone through. So we know things are not tied up with a tidy little bow. Right. However, mission accomplished, end of season. Yeah. Final thoughts?
1: This was clearly the best season of the three so far, even with the pod and some of the the other stuff. And that's
0: what I told even you at with, the beginning when you were like, how is this? It, I'm like, you'll see.
1: Even um. with the, is it Strangers in a Strange Land episode? The tattoo episode.
0: Oh, probably. I don't e- know.
1: Even with Jack. What, what what
0: tattoo episode? I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Even with the Jack's tattoo episode, which is the worst episode I've seen so Jack's far. Jack's
0: tattoo? Is that like a cover band of Jack's mannequin? Okay. Jack's mannequin's tattoos. <laughs> and their debut album, Tattoo Your Mannequin. A tattoo, you. it's a real. Oh, st- okay. okay. i done. I'm done.
1: We've gotten off the rails. Even with that episode, this season is clearly the best, especially because of the last third of the season, which just, like, goes, right? It yes. just goes, and like you said, it pays so much off, and it gets me excited for the next season. It's good. It's good stuff. I mean, I was invested in the show before. It wasn't like I disliked season one and two. I love those seasons, but this is, we're going somewhere. It's getting better.
0: Are you ready to go to there?
1: I am ready to go to there. Well... Too bad. Yep,
0: that's it for today. But join us next week. We won't be talking about Lost because we have to go back to, not the island, Star Trek.
1: We have to go back to the Enterprise. Tessa. Join us next week for Sam watches Star Trek. Next week, we will be talking about Star Trek The Motion Picture.
0: Not the J.J. Abrams one.
1: I don't think it's called Star Trek The Motion Picture.
0: Well, I was trying to segue out of Lost, which is J.J. Abrams. Come on, work with me here.
1: Join us next week for Sam Watch's Star Trek. Is that it? I, what else do you want me to say? I don't know.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore Morris nine, and you can find Tessa at Suela Tessa. Until next time, if you say live together, die alone to me, Jack, I'll smack you across the face.